book of Nehemiah, please. Book of Nehemiah, chapter 9. Well, it's been a <coughs> eight-week journey in the book of Nehemiah, and we almost through. But I want to just kind of review a little bit because there's some things I hope we have nailed down about this book. It's a book about rebuilding and how we need to rebuild our lives, don't we? And about restoring that which is lost. And what it is, this is a, it's a story that God seems fit that it be put in Scripture. And uh, I want to just mention a few things. We've been looking. I tried to zero in on the providential workings of the Lord. And when you begin to see providential workings of the Lord in Scripture, and you, and it, it should cause you to just thank and praise the Lord. Amen. You remember how we showed you that God took just, he's used just one person to save Israel. You remember he sent Joseph down into Egypt. It was his religious will to be sold as a slave and, and in prison down there. But by the providential working of God, he prepared a way that to save uh, J Jacob, who's going to be the father of 12, uh, the 12 sons. It's going to be the 12 tribes of Israel. How God used Esther, just one woman, to save the, the life of all the providences uh, under King Ahasuerus. Uh, save their lives. And now how God has used a cupbearer. When Babylon, when Israel, when Babylon come down in Ramshack, Jerusalem, and took them up into slavery, up in Babylon, that how he was a cupbearer. Now, you, it's amazing. Providential working, if you begin to see these things, it should cause you to to stand in awe of God, how, he, how he's providential. And we, we know all have experienced providential things in our lives, haven't we? And it ought to cause you to stand in awe of God. Oh, my soul. And you remember that, that he heard, uh, Nehemiah heard that the city of God, the holy city of God lay in shambles. And he was broken. And you remember I told y'all that God only uses broken things? Right. Only broken things. And we tried to prove that last Sunday in that story about Gideon's, you know, the broken vessel that the light might shine and sounding that trumpet. And so, anyway, he's fasted four months of prayer. I'm going to tell you now, fasting four months tuning everything else out fast. That's what fast is all about, and tuning in God. He, I mean, four months, he could hear that voice from behind him. You know, that, that amount of fasting and praying, he was first he was broken, and then he was burdened, and it's going to be that process that always leads to vision. Every work I know of in this, in this Bible, that's the way it happened. With brokenness, then burden, burden leads to a vision. And it, and it may be one step at a time, but and that's exactly what happened. God told him, <clears throat> you know, he was not to go in, be sad in the in the king's presence. That was against the law. But he encouraged the king. And I'm going to tell you that being a king of the Babylon, it was no easy job. I mean, there was a lot of things, a lot of decision, and I'm sure he needed a lot of encouragement. And he was Johnny on the spot to encourage him. Matter of fact, 
I believe it's in Proverbs 21, verse 1, that the king's heart, king's plural, K-I-N-G, king's heart is in God's hand. And he used a cup barrier by his encouragement day after day. You know, I'm telling you, a cup barrier, he was with him 24-7. Everything that went in that king's mouth, he had to taste and drink in case somebody tried to poison him. You know, he was a cup bearer. But I'm going to tell you what, day after day after day, he encouraged him, went in happy, joyful, and, he, he, and, and the king just fell in love with this man. And one day when God told him to go in uh, sad, and it broke the king's heart, long story short, y'all know what happened. He gave him permission to go down there, rebuild the sepulchers, and to rebuild those walls. And so when he got down there to Jerusalem, he didn't, he didn't have a welcome committee. It lay in ruins. As a matter of fact, he got there at nighttime, and he surveyed the walls. And God, he, he spent the night surveying those walls and the rubbish. And can you imagine the trees growing up, bushes, briars, kudzu vines, or saw briars? What a, what a, I mean, a, a, it was a tremendous scene. And, but when he called the people together the next day, the next day, that uh, because he was escorted down there by the king's army from Babylon. Matter of fact, he got all the, the timbers and things to build the, the beams and things that he needed. And when he gave his testimony of what happened up in Babylon and what all the king of Babylon done to rebuild these walls, that was a testimony. And so the people then believed it was of God, he says, and let's, let us build these walls back. So the testimony, a testimony is powerful. Are you giving your testimony? We're called. I mean, my soul, we're to witness and tell others what has happened to our lives. That's a powerful weapon. And so they were convinced and so a principle comes into play right here that says they had a, a, a mind to work, a mind to work for, the God, for God, mind made up. Now I'm going to tell you, if your mind's not made up between good and evil, you're going to be one that's tossed and fro, to, to and fro and be unstable in all your ways. So making up your mind, making up your mind, I'm going to live for God. I'm going I'm to shun evil. I'm going I'm to seek God every day of my life. And so the work began. Oh, my soul, what a journey it was. When we talked about all the trials that they went through, five major trials, but they tried to get him to buy. They tried to, everything they could. To, Satan didn't leave a stone unturned, but they built that wall in 52 days. 52 days because they had a mind to work and a heart to pray. And so so the last time that I spoke to you, Sunday before last, was the piercing of the law. After the walls were completed, all the gates uh, was in place and the doors in the gate were sealed up. The walls was finished and they also building houses for people to live in. Now they called for the book. Send us the book. What book? The, the Word of God. And Ezra, he is a scribe and a, 
and a ready preacher, and he preached the word. When, what did we say on the other Sunday? From morning till noon. How do you like to have a listen to a sermon for 12 hours, six hours? <laughs> but this was the first time in 20 years. This is the 20th year in captivity that they've had an open worship. They gathered, you remember, before the water gate? There, because there wasn't enough room in the temple. There was thousands and thousands of people, and they had to put them up on a high place, a pulpit. And uh, had men on the right, men on the left of him. And that was his amen corner. You know, and then he preached the word. And it pierced the heart. It pierced the heart. And so that's where we are, 20 years. And it was a revival. They, the Bible says that they, they repented, confessed. Yes. Confessed their sins. And they, and they wept. And, and uh and they worship the Lord. Well, well, we're down to the end now. After the piercing of the law, it was that was on the second day of the month, and now we're going to the twenty. Let's see, in chapter nine, the twenty-fourth day of the month, they had another another gathering together. And so, these last two messages that we're going to bring to you is two calls. This chapter 9 is going to be a call to praise God. You know, I tell you what's the truth, folks. I believe that's why God created us, to praise Him, to honor Him and to praise Him. We in the business, that's what He wants from every one of us, our praise and our thanksgiving. So a call to praise. Uh, look with me, if you would, and let's read the first three verses. I don't know how far we're going to get on this message today because I want to take time. We want to dedicate these. Uh, boxes to the Lord. Now in the twentieth and the fourth day of this month, the children of Israel were assembled with fasting and with sackcloth, and earth upon them. Man, that's getting down low, ain't it? That's what God wants us to, you know, sometimes I wish we had a, something back there at the back door we have to get in low to come in here to the Lord, Lord, you know. I mean, humble ourselves. All right. And the seed of Israel separated themselves from all strangers and stood and confessed their sins and the iniquities of the fathers. They're going way back. And they stood up in their place and read in the book of the law of the Lord their God one fourth part of the day and another fourth part they confessed and worshiped the, their Lord and so here they are a call to praise they stood up now he says they separated themselves from all the strangers that stood with them and you know I believe it is in 2 Corinthians six seventeen. It says for us to come out from among them and be ye separate yes. and touch not the unclean things. Uh, and he says, uh, and I will receive you. So there comes a time that we just separate ourselves from the world. I know we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We don't run with that beer drinking crowd or whatever. We are distinct. We dress different. We act different. We talk different. Our values are different. We're different. We're different in every respect. We're peculiar people. 
And he says, come out from among them. He says, and I will receive you. And you and I will be a father to you. And you will be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord God Almighty. So there is a time of separation when God's people separate themselves. We are separated people. And so if I tell you right now, you mess around the hog pen, you're going to get something on your foot. You know, you can't run with this ungodly crowd. You can't do it. All right, so there's a call. There's a call to, to separate themselves. And, and I'm going to tell you what, when, when well, let's, let's read on a little further. Then in verse 4, it says, Then stood up on the stairs the Levites, and he names their name. They stood up on one side. This is a Levite tribe. You know, that's a separated tribe uh, that works at the house of God and, and the things of God. But notice right in the middle of verse 40, it says, They cried out with a loud voice unto the Lord. These, these Levites, it names them. And now that's, that's going to be uh, eight on one side and, and eight on the other side. Then verse 5, then the Levite, notice that he said in the middle of that verse, says, Stand up and bless the Lord, your God forever and ever, and bless be thy glorious name which is exalted above all blessings and praise. Now, I'm going to tell you all something. I want, this, we need to understand what we're going to do in a few minutes. God has given us the power to bless. All through Scripture. Y'all yeah, think about, you know, those that when they come to the deathbed, they want to call their loved ones and lay hands on them and bless them and pass on a blessing. And so you can bless. And in the Bible it says, bless and curse not. We are given the power of God to bless people. And that's what we're going to do this day, this morning. We're going to bless all these. And if you're blessed from a heart of love, from a heart of love, and this is a labor of love right here, a labor of love, that's an opportunity. I hope you all understand that we have the power this morning. This is, I mean, start here in Hurricane Community to reach Africa or the Philippines or wherever these boxes are going, what a privilege. So I want y'all to come down today and we're going to bless these. You can bless. It's real. Blessing is real. And so God help us to understand that. Time. So when they preached the word to them and uh, in the third part of the day, then the next part of the day is it confessed. I'm going to tell you all right now, I've done a lot of study on this thing about confessing. You know, David has been called the greatest sinner in the Old Testament. He broke four or five commandments in one day. I mean, my soul. But you know what he was confessing? And I, you know, I tell you what, I taught the book of Psalms. It took four years to get through it at love. And he's a confessor. Oh, listen. God, he loves for us to confess our sin, and it's cleansing for us to do that. So, we, so they, they confessed, and their souls were stirred up. And can I say this to you this morning, that God wants to stir up Hurricane? Are you ready to be stirred up? <laughs> we need to be stirred up to the uttermost, folks. Second Timothy 1, 6, Old Paul, that's my apostle. He said, Timothy, wherefore I put in remembrance that thou stirrest up the gift that's in thee. And everybody here that's born again has a gift. 
a spiritual, there's 16 spiritual gifts that I've counted. And you got one, and every one of those gifts are service gifts to serve. And I don't know but one way to serve the Lord. One way, and that's to help somebody. Some way, somehow, physically, spiritually, mentally, some way or another. And so, you know, folks, every prayer that we pray, we, the key is entering the presence of the Lord with thanksgiving. Being thankful, bless him, bless him before you start even praying. And enter, enter, enter his, the Bible says, enter the gates of the Lord with thanksgiving. Praise him and bless him. Bless, he gives you the power to bless the Lord. Say, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord, bless the Lord. Bless the Lord. And so, I, I, I just want y'all to, to take note on this. Now, what I want to show you now is some of the things that we're to be thankful for. That now look, let me let me stop right here and say now this is not just another passion play that we we read the story. You can read it like that if you want to. Oh, what a nice, wonderful thing! But listen to what Paul said about these things in First Corinthians ten and eleven. He said, "All these things happen for examples. Example of what?" Example of truths that we're to apply. So when we observe, when we observe a story in the Bible, we're supposed to look at well, what is it in here that that's going to help me? And so that's what I'm saying. All these things happen for example and are written for our admonition to whom the ends of the earth is come. So let us look at this story. What as we did last Sunday, we looked at those weapons that Gideon had. A trumpet, that's your testimony. The vessel with the light in it had to be broken before the light would shine. You see, and, and so we want our light to shine. We're to be light shiners and salt shakers. <laughs> Amen. All right. Now, so let's start here in verse 6, and let's go as far as we can. What time is it now? Gosh, I ain't even going to get started. I'm just going to do a couple, and we'll finish this next Sunday, okay? Let, let's, let's go a few verses. <clears throat> All right, verse 6. Now, these are the things that God, that they thank God for. These, these Levites, they up there now, they, they, it says, Thou... Even thy, O Lord, alone, thou hast made heaven, the heaven of heavens, with all their hosts, the earth and all the things therein, the seas and all this is therein, and preservest them all. I like that, preserve, I like that word, preserveth. Them all and the host of heaven worship thee. And so then the first thing that, they thank God for was creation, this world that we live in. Now, folks, we live in the world, but do you ever take time to think about how this came about? You know, in Romans it says, the invisible things of God are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his power, even his Godhead power. So man will be without excuse. How can a man, that's the first witness that God's given to every person born. Where did all this come from? This world. And, and it, it's marvelous if you'll just take time to, to search it out. 
My, I, I've seen a lot of the world, you know, and it's amazing. It's amazing world that we live in, and I, I've seen things. I, 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 I tell you, when I was in the Navy, I've seen a lot of things, and I won't never forget one time the things that impressed me. It was in the South Pacific, and you know, in that South Pacific, that water's almost purple. Oh, it's beautiful. And the sun, it gets about 4 o'clock in the evening. When it bounces down on that ocean and bounces back up on the clay, light does be, and it goes back up and shines on those clouds. And I mean, it's just like God just painted it. I mean, it just took my breath. I said, my soul. And when you start looking at things, how can a beautiful flower, yeah. I, I, I love flowers. I, I got a, one bush that's got three different colors of flowers on it. And I look, and you know, I put black dirt around. How does that come out of that black dirt? You know? And how does everything produce after its own kind? Every, I mean, what is the body that are mindful of God? God created all things. And I took astrology in, in one of the courses I took in college, and we done our, night lab, our lab work at night, and I had the privilege of looking out there into the furthermost parts of the universe. I looked at Jupiter and all them little moons going around it. And you start looking down in craters at the moon. And God, is, it's just my soul. God created the heavens and the earth. You know, and I tell you, I think about, you know, I got, I got a live oak in my front yard. It stays green year-round. And God is at everyone to acres. And I picked up one of those acorns. I said, now in that acorn, there's DNA that's going to be tell the next when it's planted, what size of the tree, the shape of the leaves, the bark, it's all in that DNA right there. And so these people right here that day, yonder in that worship service, thank God for the creation of the world. You, you, you know, I mean, my, you can see it everywhere. How can a, the instinct in animals, how can a salmon go 7,000 miles out there in the ocean and finish life, but before it dies, it figures its way back to that same stream, goes back. My, how, how can a whale hear another whale 200 miles in the ocean by vibration? It's a marvelous creation. And you can see God if you want to see him. You can, he says, the heavens declare the glory of God, and his firmament showeth his handiwork. Day unto day he utters speech, night unto night he utters knowledge. There is no language to voice to where his voice is not heard. And so, Lord, my soul, listen, look around, take time to look. Oh, my soul. I love to look at them little hummingbirds that come to my little feeder. You know, God's everywhere. I mean, his, his fingerprints is everywhere. I look in a baby's face. I'm reminded of God when I look at a baby. Oh, my soul. And so why can't we be thankful? We could be thankful, an attitude every day if you just take, take time to do it. And I have disciplined myself to do that. And I remember when I was a school teacher. I, I said, I'm going to do this. I'm going to pray for every student, every day. And I'd grade the paper. I, I would pray for that student. 
You, you see, when you become so God-conscious, you know, your, your mind is fixed and your, your thoughts are established when you've committed your works to the Lord. He said, I'll keep you in perfect peace. Oh, my soul, that's another wonderful thing about God, the God of peace. And so, you know, when we, you know, it's just marvelous. Well, let me go one or two more. and we'll, we'll, Let's look at verse 7 and 8. We lift verse 6. Here's another thing, the God of grace in verse 7. Thy art the Lord thy God, who didst choose Abram. Now notice, his, his not been, name ain't been changed to Abraham yet. He chose Abram and brought him forth out of Ur of the Chaldees and gave him uh, the name Abraham. And so this is all grace right here. He chose him out of the land of Ur. We spent, what, another eight weeks back last summer on grace in this church. Y'all remember those messages? For by grace are you saved through faith. Not saved uh, by faith, but through grace. We saved by grace, through faith. Not of works. Not, not of works. Uh, so, you know, he says in verse 10, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. So we're not saved by works, but we're saved to do good works. And those works is recorded in heaven, and we'll meet him at the Bema seat, and our works will be tried in that fire. And so if you're not doing good works, something wrong. <laughs> something wrong, folks, if you're not doing good works. And so it's all about priorities and making up your mind. Making up your mind. All right, God of grace. And he called Abraham. And what did, if you read Romans 4 about Abraham, that he was, he believed God, it was counted to him as righteousness. And you know the kind of righteousness that God is going to accept? It's not our righteousness. It's when we believe on him. When he says when we believe on him, he's to justify us. Then, then he imputes to us his righteousness, to us. Man, if that ain't grace. Oh, listen, grace, grace, grace. I love grace. Oh, my soul. We already accepted in the beloved. Why don't we start acting like it? You know, we already, it's a done deal. You know, we bought with a price. We're bought. You're like, you buy something this year. God bought us through the precious blood of Jesus. We're his. And no one's going to pluck them out of his hand. Let me cover one more and we'll close. Uh, well, let me say this. Before I might close right here. You know, I, I, I looked at the call of Abraham. And Abraham, you know, all we too are called the same way. God calls us out of this world to accept Jesus. All things work together for good for them that are called. You hear that? We're called to be saved. We didn't seek God. He called. He sought us. And sometimes he'll, he'll seek you through many different ways. But the call that was on Abraham, it was going to be that he answered that call. And he didn't even know where he was going, remember? He didn't even know where he God said, I'll show you where you got to go. 
but it was a new day for him, a new walk, and uh, and it was a new covenant promise that he made with the Lord. So the call of God is upon us, and he's calling people right here this morning. Who at my door is standing, knocking again is he. Oh, my soul, he's calling us today, calling us today. Would you come today to him?